Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome everyone to the Pool Nation podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with Mr. John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. In today's podcast, we're talking water chemistry, and we're answering the questions that you sent in. I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, PoolInvoice.com, and Blu-ray Excel. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My heart's still racing, Edgar. I can't seem to calm it down after that panic you put me into <laughs> earlier today. A little, little April Fool's just to kind of get the day going. Yeah, all my guys, uh, one of them, I was telling you, he came in. He's like, oh, I was going to call you and tell you I got a, another job I had to take today. And everyone just thought that was the funniest thing ever. So happy April Fool's Day to everyone out there and don't get got by someone. Yeah, I tried to pull one on John, but he called me out like really quick. He just kind of, <laughs> you know, nailed me and was like dropping bombs on me. So anyways, John, good morning. Good morning. Today's been quite the cluster, you know what? So I'm a little out of it today, but <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go. Are, are we ready to go? That's it. That's your intro That's for it. today. We're ready to go. That's. I'm still collecting my thoughts right now because it's been one hell of a morning. Got up at like five o'clock in the morning. Had to rush out and do a couple things today before the podcast. We are running a little bit late today, and that is because of me. So my apologies to everybody out there. But duty called, and I had to go take care of a couple things before before we started the podcast. And I just got home and set up, and I'm in a different spot than I usually am. And I'm a creature of habit. So I don't like when shit gets changed up on me. And I expect things a certain way. And I'm just a creature of habit. And I hate surprises. And when you throw a curveball at me, not that I don't know how to hit it or handle it, but it irritates the shit out of me. And I had a couple curveballs thrown at me today and I'm just getting over it. And here I am. Yeah, but I tried to throw you a curveball and you just figured it out like very quickly. Like, guys, I pretended on our pre-check the mics and all that. I pretended that my son's school called and he had broken an arm and Zach's over there grinning from ear to ear. And John's like listening. And as soon as I finished my last word, he's like, oh, shut the F up, dude. April Fool's. Like, you think right. I'm that stupid? So I'm like, damn. I, I didn't even, it wasn't like a three second pause. It's like John yeah. was sitting there listening and waiting for me to be quiet. And as soon as I went quiet, he's just like, shut up. Yeah. So anyways. mama didn't raise no fool over here. <laughs> So I couldn't pull one um, out there. Janie's over here is LOL. I booted him out to the other room. So you got kicked out. Yeah. So I'm not cupcaking with mama today. I'm actually a little irritated with her. So 
Oh, no, no, yeah. no. That's, that's two of that. you now in one week. Booted. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with Leslie? Her, her April Fool's thing that she used to do was, the you know, the water sprayer gun on the sink. She always rubber band that thing. So when I walk up to the uh. sink and turn it on, it just blasts me. She did that oh. year after year, and I never, I never learned. And she did didn't pull it no. this year? Well, I don't know yet. I haven't turned the sink on at home, so. <laughs> we That's get a funny. message later, John. Damn it, she did it again. So, John, what did you do this morning that you were out? Did you vacation rental, Airbnb? What was the? I got an unexpected call. A lot of the properties or a lot of the homes that we take care of are second, third homes. And they live out of town or they live in L.A. or they live in Canada, you know, just snowbirds usually um, or Orange County, wherever they live. But they don't come to their homes very often. And when they do, you know, I always let them know we have a relationship. Say, hey, look, you know, we're there once a week and it gets windy as hell all the time. So if you need when you guys come down and, you know, you come down once or twice a year, I want to make sure your pool's perfect, right? If we serviced it on a Monday and you're coming down on a Friday and we've had winds every single day for the last, seems like four weeks. So they just said, hey, John, we're coming down. Da, 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 da. We'll be there with a couple families enjoying. Just want to give you the heads up. So for us, we said, okay, no problem. We just do an extra service call. We go out there and just make sure the pool's ready to rock and roll for them so that when they come down, they get to enjoy it, right? Because who wants to come down after not going to their house? And, you know, they're not going to look at us like it's bad. You know, oh my God, we're, you know, we're neglecting their pool. They they get it, but it's a little disappointing that they're not going to be able to use it. Now they're going to have to wait until, you know, next week, but they're not going to be here because they're only going to be here Friday and Saturday. So what we do is we go out there and we, we took care of them and that's what we did. So Very just part cool. of good service. Absolutely. Hey, Janie's messaging me over here on the uh, on our Insta chat over here, and she said he can sleep can you on block the sofa her? tonight. Can you block her? <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you're sleeping on the sofa tonight, buddy. Just to give you a, just to give sure. you a heads up for sure, you know? for sure. <laughs> He's not going into it, Zach. He's like quiet, like no. like nope. I'm sleeping on the sofa. That's it. Wait, wait. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janie's going, wow, Edgar's throwing me under the bus over here. Wow. <laughs> Edgar's, wow. t- Edgar's trying to start crap over here. So Janie, wow. we're just like totally messing. So well, anyway, that's how the flawless household runs. Wow. He's getting a little aggressive. I think that can kind of come back to bite. I met your wife, dude, and I've seen her when she's lost her handle. And oh, I've seen John just going to go in the truck. Okay. And, and then just kind of drive without like with, looking oh, over and he knows I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm sitting there like waiting for him to respond. And he's like, just kind of, oh. you know, after she lets him have it, he's just kind of driving and, yeah. you know, and then he's bust out the cigarette and he needs to have a little cigarette to kind of calm down. So mm-hmm. no, don't think we don't think that you're going to come in here and say that you run the flawless household fool. Cause we know that that is not yeah. the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've yeah. seen it personally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, we got, we ain't got nothing but morning. love for you guys. I'm just <laughs> luck, guys. I'm just stirring the pot. I'm messing with John. So, anyways, uh, a couple of things. Let's get to a couple of things here. If you guys have any questions, and this is we've been getting a lot of messages, guys. We've got a couple podcasts that we need to do with regards to some great topics and some great questions. If you have questions, go to poolnation.com. Go up to the top. There's a button that says submit questions. You can click on it. It'll send us your questions, and that's what we're doing today. We have some questions 
that we haven't been able to answer. So we're going to go ahead and answer all those today. The other thing, Zach John, is we have officially opened up the Pool Nation merch shop. So that is online. We opened up a merch shop. You guys can go to poolnation.com. You go to the merch shop button right there. And you can check out all the merch. And we got tons of stuff, guys. We've got shirts. We've got sweaters. We've got mugs. We've got backpacks. We've got aprons. We, we even have, John, the little, which I want to see on your dog, the little dog bandana with the Pool Nation logo, Pool Nation oh. podcast lo- logo on it. So you know, it's kind of weird. I'll, you sent me the link, and I went to look at it. You're like, hey, John, this is what we got. And I went and I looked, and dude, you got, like, pajamas. Who the hell is going to have a Pool Nation pajama? I totally know that mama's going to buy a Pool Nation pajama. <laughs> Right. Check it out on here. Janie, tell me on the chat whether you would buy a pajama or not. So anyways, <laughs> big shout out to you over here online, Maria from Ensenada Pools. But we added just a whole bunch of stuff. So you can go on there. You can order it there. See, look, Janie said, I will order pajamas. Uh-huh. Told you. Yeah. So we got stuff for, you know, kids. We got stuff for teenagers, youth. So go check it out, guys. It's, it's pretty cool. So we have different ones with a big logo on the front. Then we have some small ones with a small logo like this and then a big logo on the back. Go out there. Whoever purchases something, post it on social media, tag us, and we will reshare all that right there. So check it out. Go to poolnation.com, click the merch shop, and you will be able to see everything that we have on there. The other thing that I want to talk about is we're going to have our financial business class. For those of you that are interested, go to poolnation.com. You'll be able to find the link there and you'll be able to register for the class. This is the one where we talk about the different business types. We talk about Pool Nation business metrics and the financial metrics. We talk about the common reasons why small businesses fail. We talk about insurance, billing software, and then we do a deep dive into a lot of the accounting. And what we do is we talk about profit and loss. We talk about cash flow. We talk about profit and loss statement. And what will happen is you'll bring your numbers, you'll input them into the software. And by the time that you're done, you're going to have a full-blown profit and loss. You're really going to know everything on there, what your cost of service is, how well your business is doing, you know your profit, you know your average profit per pool. So check it out. We have Maria over here from Ensenada Pools. I will buy a backpack. So check them out. They're actually pretty cool. I I think I want one of those too, Maria. Check it out, guys. Go to poolnation.com, register for the class. Zach, John, I have some questions that have been sent in. John, we have some that we have not answered for a couple weeks now. So I just wanted to make sure that we got to everybody's questions. So I want to jump into that. Now, one that was sent in, Zach, to us was... And I think we would need to do a separate podcast for this. And is have you heard of the four P's of marketing and can you do a podcast on them? And so I think that's a great topic. I think that would be a phenomenal podcast to kind of do a deep dive into. We're not going to be able to do that one for a couple of years. We got a couple uh, for a couple of years, for a couple of weeks. Damn. <laughs> We're not that bucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. I'm like, damn, we booked that far. So we have a couple of the next couple of podcasts that are booked and I'm looking forward to those podcasts. So maybe in about four weeks, maybe about six weeks, we could do a deep dive into this one. But the four P's are things that are looked for as far as essential factors when you're marketing your product or your service. The four P's are really the product, the price, the place, the promotion. And we can dive into that. And Zach, you've heard of that one, right? Yeah, actually, I've 
been through several different classes and programs that reference the four P's of marketing. There's different thoughts on it, so we can definitely get into that. I think it's got a lot of meat and potatoes and a lot of great things to talk about. So anyways, guys, probably about four, six weeks, we'll do a podcast on that. We'll kind of hit up that marketing and be able to answer that question. We do have one more that Jeanette Horn sent, and that was a good one. John, That that's going to be a good one when it comes to getting you to talk about a lot of those topics on there. So that one will come out soon. Jeanette, will talk about those. So, all right, guys, Zach, John. Let's start this bad boy. Let's get it. I'm ready. My Let's face hurts already. All making me laugh and stuff. I'm not gonna be able to yeah, talk you gotta much keep today. Your, stop muting your stop muting your mic, Zach. You just because I'm not. I, I like to hear your reactions. <laughs> you have to watch them. I do. I do watch them, and, and that's the only thing that's keeping me sane. Otherwise, I'm feeling like the punchlines aren't landing. You know, and everybody's listening, going like, "Dude, this guy's making a joke, or he's saying something, and nobody's laughing." Oh, yeah. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's Crickets. quiet, right? What a moron. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here just dying. Yeah, while you're sitting there laughing. Come on now. I need it for my self-confidence. You know, some people need words of encouragement. Some people need pats on the back. John just needs to hear you laugh. That's all. Yep. That's how you, may, that's how you yep. make his day. He's on Good. mute again, John. You just told him yep. not to mute, and he just went click mute. And... Yep. Man, what a rough crowd today. <laughs> All right, so here's the first question. You know what, John? I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take this and kind of turn this ship because Zach is just look. He's not even talking like you're, and I he's know. just like he's like frozen. I told you my look, face look, hurts. Look at, look at his, you just looking out there and going. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm about to scale, and I'm considering having two techs work as a team. Thoughts, John. So thoughts, and then John. You have talked about working with Janie as a team, and then separately. I'm curious how much faster would it be working as a team advantages of working separately who me i believe your wife's name is janie it is (laughs) i believe your name is john (laughs) Uh, oh you can't guys you can't throw john for a loop here because now uh, today he's like like janie was saying deer in a headlight over here what did you so we've talked about working with janie as a team and then separately. He's looking to scale. Mm-hmm. And the question is, he's thinking about having two techs work together. Oh, the one and we talked about on talk- Instagram Live. We yeah, talked about since this question. You've talked, okay. Right. Since you talked about working with Janie as a team and then separately, he's curious how much faster was working as a team and the advantages of working separately. So kind of obviously sure. working as a team and then stop got it. I got it. So, I got and, it. And, and, and by the way, John, yeah. <laughs> okay. Me, <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. it you got it. You got it. All right, let's do it. So when we're talking in specifically me and Janie, how I liked it, I loved it. Did we work faster? Probably not because I got to sit, I got to sit there and say, okay, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that. And it made my job a lot easier. So I'm just kidding. That's not funny. See, Zach, you got to unmute, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out jokes here. I am laughing. I need you to laugh. Huh? He is struggling with that thing right there, man. I need you to, I need you to step laugh it up, here. Zach. He needs you today, baby. He's like, I need you, brother. <sighs> but I also didn't no, know if look, you were serious or not. So I was trying not to like... I am a little serious, but there's a little bit of truth in every joke, you know, a little bit, you know, when somebody says something, I'm just messing, right? There's always a little bit of truth in it. But as far as working together as a team, I think if there's chemistry between the two people that are working, it's a definite plus. 
but you have to be very careful when you're doing it because it becomes expensive. Having two technicians work a pool, now your cost per pool definitely goes up. But hopefully, if they work well together, then you're able to accomplish more pools per day. You won't necessarily be able to do twice as many pools, but I truly believe that you should be able to nail probably about 60% more pools. So at the, at the end of the day, it can be very cost effective. And I personally think a lot of people might disagree or other business owners might disagree and they have their reasoning and those reasons have merit and I understand it. But the problem we reach as business owners or when we have employees is how do you... Every new employee that starts, there's always, a, I call it the honeymoon period. And you'll always have that honeymoon period with anybody that first starts with your company. They're motivated. They want to prove themselves. They want to show they're doing well. And they want to, you know, and then, of course, something happens at some point where that fire doesn't necessarily burn as hot as it did when they first started. Okay. And it's human nature to do as little as possible and still get away with it or still achieve the same result. Work smarter, not harder, right? That is the mentality. Having an employee out there, there's a lot of trust that you have to have with them because they're not working at the shop where they're being directly supervised and they're being watched. They have a sense of freedom where they get to pick and choose what they want to do when they want to do it and how much of it they're going to do. I can't tell you how many times I drive, and it's an ongoing joke that I have with Janie. I drive through communities and I see pool companies pull up to a stop, just sit there, lean their seat back, and then relax. And I'll go off and I'll do something or I'll come back 10 minutes later and they're still on the truck. And then we'll drive by, come back, and they're still on the truck. And then might, they might walk out or they'll immediately leave. And I don't know if they're on break or I don't know if they're doing, but chances are a lot of the bigger companies, they have GPS trackers and they know when they go somewhere and when they stop. And then they're able to say, hey, look, I've been there for, oh yeah, it was there for 15 minutes or 20 minutes on this day. They sent the email or they did this or whatever. I'm not saying that every employee is going to do that, but chances are the majority of them, eventually they're going to not be as dedicated as they were prior how, when they first started. So having somebody that works with them helps create accountability. And it also breaks up the minutia and just the redundancy and the day-to-day -day thing of, you know, oh my God, I'm doing this all by myself. Or nothing's worse than walking to a backyard and seeing a pool just trashed and knowing you have to, oh my God, I'm going to be here for God knows how long. You know, or how nice would it be if somebody was skimming while I'm vacuuming, right? Or if somebody would be doing this or, or someone's brushing the tile while I'm doing that or brushing the walls. I personally believe having, if you can afford to have two technicians working in an account or in a truck together and you have your pools priced accordingly, I believe that your productivity overall will be much higher than it would be on average because you will have those superstar employees that are out there. But on average, your productivity will be much higher. And that's just my personal opinion. What about you, Zach? Well, I think that was a lot of good stuff. And we've looked at this before, kind of the pros and cons. And one thing that we've found is, and I think this is what you might have been saying, John, is that like that 60% more, like it never seems to equate. If you have two people, for us anyways, like two people, one person is doing 10, one person is doing 10, and you put them together, like they do 20, 
it just never seems to equate. So it's actually, they do a little bit less, but I think what John's saying, I have a lot of like the good things could be the morale, like you said, breaking up the day to day and just having a partner out there helps keep spirits up, keep you positive. And then the accountability. And I think from personal experience, when I worked with Justin in the field and we were together, I was more motivated. I put more effort into it. I moved faster. And then when I went out on my own, I was just kind of like, okay, we're just going to get through the day here. I've also looked at it for like a training tactic because we're kind of stuck in this mode of like, we've got to get people through, get them trained, get them onboarded and get them on their own. But really, it takes a lot longer to learn this stuff than we really put into, you know, kind of get them up to speed, put people out there. And it's like, okay, you're going to keep learning. So it could be a training tactic to have them ride together longer and just really get that stuff ingrained in them. And I rode with Justin for years together before I actually went out on my own. So, you know, we've looked at it both ways. We found that right now it's not really a good fit, but maybe someday we'll come up with like a hybrid model. You know, maybe there's... Let me ask you something. Yeah. Have have you tried it yet? So not intentionally, but when we're training or we have certain situations where we put two people in a truck, maybe like a retraining or something like that, it just seems to kind of slow us down for the moment and we just can't afford yeah training for sure yeah i would imagine training because they have to stop and you know it's always you have to explain what you're doing why you're doing it and go through all the the steps but having two technicians i i challenge you take two good technicians that are that understand how to do pulls and throw them out see there what happens just as like a little tester and see what happens because it's hard to say it's not a it'll fit your model yet because you haven't really tried yeah. it you know, and I think it'll, if you have two people out there and they have tasks, one person does baskets, one person does this one, you know, they'll come up with their rhythm of how to attack it. And there won't be that, oh, let's sit in the truck and wait five minutes before we go, go out there. You know what I mean? Or let's go back and forth or, you know, you eliminate multiple truck, you know, I'll have to go back to the truck to get this. You know, you have four hands now that are able to grab things and pull things out. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the productivity. And you might not be able to do, like you said, if you do 10 pulls per technician, you can't expect them to do 20, but I'm pretty sure you'll be able to do 16 or 17 in a day with two technicians. I think part of it too is you kind of cut back on some of the resources. You've got one hammerhead in use, you're whatever cleaner of choice, you know, you've got one set of equipment being used and abused and stuff like that. That's definitely something to consider. And then, I mean, but again... I mean, shit, it's hard enough just to find one technician, right? Now you're going to double up and, right? It's hard enough for you to find one employee, right? That's kind of and now I got to find two per yeah. truck, right? So I get it. I get it. It's not easy. It really isn't. I think in this climate, it's very difficult to do because it's very difficult to find people. To me, when you put the numbers and you put it all together, like you're saying, you're only going to be able to get that 60% extra productivity. So, you know, when you look at it, a lot of times financially, it doesn't make sense. And I did this with my guys. I I rode with them for a while. We kind of did pulls together. And eventually my best scenario was to cut off and let them kind of go do theirs. And I would be able to do more because then you have that extra productivity that you're getting out of them. And in this climate, obviously you you can't put two guys together and then cut your productivity because you're having a hard time finding people. But, you know, what I would do is sit down, put the numbers together, figure out what you're charging. If you're charging a high enough rate and you can put two people together and then what you have left over and what your profit for that pool is, you're happy with and that's okay with, then that's definitely the way to go. 
You know, you just need to see if it fits in your model. And like John was saying, it's hard enough for the cost of one employee, but then to have two. But if you say, this is the way I'm going to do it, do the math, put your expenses together, put those two wages together, and then figure out how much you have to charge for that pool. And then from that standpoint, then it makes total sense to be able to do that. But I wouldn't suggest that you jump and do it without running your numbers and figuring out what that cost is. So Zach, let me ask you, the next question was for Zach, you mentioned having techs come to the shop in the morning. Have you considered or tried having them keep the trucks overnight and not coming in, delivering product to them in the field? Zach and John, pros and cons. So Zach, I'm going to let you start with this one. So this one, and I've said it before, is a big no for me. And there's a lot of companies in my area that do this. And some of them are actually bigger companies. And Maybe there's an effective way to do this. I just don't fully understand it or see the benefits because for me, there's mostly cons to this. And for starters, it's the liability that you take on by not housing your vehicles at the company location overnight. So we like to have our trucks parked here, locked up on the premises all night long. And the second thing I think is that my goal is always to try to set people up for success And I feel like you're potentially setting someone up for failure because you're creating an opportunity for them to, you know, you create that temptation like, oh, I just need to run to the store real quick or oh, called and they need a ride and it's 10 o'clock at night and it's just going to be real quick and they go get in an accident or something comes up. So I try to avoid that. And then the last reason I'll give today is I think it creates a disconnect you really need to be engaging with your team. You need to be able to relay information in the morning and communicate things to them. And I just feel like bringing the team together builds better relationships and builds a better culture. That's kind of my opinion on it. And it may work for some people and it definitely makes sense in some other industries. I can see like a sales position where you have an outbound salesperson, they have a company vehicle and they work from home or something like that. But for what we are building and the way we're building it, it just doesn't work for the pool boys. What are your thoughts, John? Uh, I agree wholeheartedly, 100%. Keep trucks at the office or at the warehouse. Have your employees show up to work. You should have a checklist that they go through. You know, Zach talks that they come to their shop in the morning. I would take it a little bit further and say, hey, look, every morning when your techs get there, there should be a time that you set up, that you have like a, a morning meeting, that you talk about any concerns. And, you know, you talk about what's on the plan for today and anything, right? And you build that team that way or those relationships with your employees. And Zach nailed it when he said you create a disconnect. And like I was saying on the previous question, uh, my answer to it was that people will get away with as much as they possibly can. You give an inch, they take a yard. That's just human nature and how it works. And if you have that disconnect and you're not there and there isn't that accountability, right? And it's all trust and almost no verify because they know nobody's watching them. So it's just like your kids. And I'm not equating your employees to kids, but you have to kind of look at it that way. As an employer or as a boss, you have people that work for you that depend on you and you also depend on them. And there needs to be accountability. And it's hard to keep people accountable if you don't have eyes on what they're doing or on the work that they're producing. And by the time a problem arises, it's usually too late. And now it's costing you money and you're losing clients and things are happening and you know, a bunch of shit can happen. So I'm totally against that. Zach said it right though. There are some industries that it works. I just don't think for the for a pool service industry, you should do that. 
you know, because you're constantly just and any truck that's properly equipped too. I mean, you got thousands of dollars worth of equipment and material in there. You have dangerous chemicals that are in the back of the truck. Who knows? You know, what happens if one of their kids jump out? Daddy brought home the new truck, goes out there and they end up playing with the chemicals and something happens to them. And they, there's just so much shit that you would have to worry about. And to me, it's not worth it. Keep everything locked and secure at the, at the warehouse. Have them show up. That way you can, you know, you guys can go through a checklist. You take inventory on product that they have and all that. And that's just the way to do it, in, in my opinion. There's no, no question there. For me, there are two things. One thing that we need to realize is that there's two different things. One is taking your cars home to just go do work the next day. And then the next thing is having a car as a perk to your employment. So a lot of the sales reps, a lot of VPs, a lot of that, they get a perk of a car and they're allowed to use that car for personal. It's a perk to get them to kind of come onto the job. So when they give them those cars, they have an expectation that that person is going to use that car for everyday purposes, okay? Number two, obviously, you look at the insurance, and it's very different than what we're looking at for just a business. And I'm not saying that you as a pool company can do it. You're the owner of your company. You could decide to do whatever it is that you want to do, okay? But the second thing that we need to talk about is there's a huge liability factor in you allowing those pool guys to take your trucks home. And we always wish for the best. We always kind of want to give people the best idea. Somebody's teasing me over here, Robo Edgar. Am I roboing again? No. No, you're good. Oh, Sorry, that Zach, was me. I didn't. Zach is messing with me it. over here. I'm like, oh man, I'm into it. And I kind of went in robo mode. <laughs> so, you know, we always have the expectation that they're going to do the right thing, but God forbid, just God forbid that that person takes that truck for any reason, they've had a drink, they get into a car accident, or maybe they don't drink. Maybe they just take the truck out to go run an errand or something like that, and something happens, then what happens is you're absolutely liable for that because they're driving your truck when it's after hours. So there's that aspect to it. Me personally, if you were to ask me personally, Edgar, you... Would you have them take the trucks home? No. And I never had my guys take the trucks home. They always had to bring them back and they always had to pick them up every morning. And then you guys nailed it, which is you have to keep that communication line open. And our industry is very easy for people to go work on their own. And like John said, go do that pool and you're kind of bored by yourself and all that. So now you add this part to it where they don't see you at all. And there's just that much more disconnect. So for me personally, I wouldn't take the liability. I would not take that chance. Yeah, look, if you want to give them a car, if you want to give them a car, and this is what other companies usually do, they don't usually buy them the car. They just give them an allowance. And then you go out and you do what you need to do. So, you know, here's an allowance, $600, which will cover and you can go buy a car and we pay for your car that way, but not necessarily the car in my name as a company given to you. I just don't see why anybody would want to do that. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I understand that right now times are changing. So people are trying to do everything to be able to be flexible with employees and all that kind of stuff. Brian, you're terrible over here. I can't believe he even went that. I can't believe Brian went that. Right. <laughs> all right. So everybody listening, we have what we call our Insta chat over here to the right hand side where everybody from the live can send their messages and stuff like that. Did you see that, John? I so Brian Kersan says, ever. I want a Pool Nation apron. 
And then I responded, let's go. And he said, it will match my pool nation speedo thong. <laughs> wow. You know, Edgar probably has those on there too. You are the man, Brian. You're the man. What's that? Zach? I probably have those on there too, huh? In the clothing <laughs> section. Well, he's talking about it. So he obviously found them. <laughs> Here's what I did do. You ready for this one, uh, John? You ready for this one? You know the logo that we did with Zach in the middle of the logo and the one where he's going like this, like if you could see my video, remember where he did that? I put that one and that's the one that Brian's talking about. So that's in the front of the speedo where Brian, where Zach is going like that pointing. I might buy that. (laughs) Oh, so go check it out. Go check that speedo out with his pointing of his, you know, how was it that he did it? I don't know. He was flexing somehow. I don't know. He's like a workout dude. So anyways, shout out to first response out here. Brian, big shout out. <laughs> You're the train wreck right now. What a train wreck. Right. Brian's like, it's a really small logo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yes, Jeanette. Brian is going to be starting a new trend. I, I, please yeah. don't post those pictures because <laughs> no. we won't be able to repost those. <laughs> I'll repost we some can, shit. Send we cannot. You know what, Brian? Send us a picture of it and we'll repost it and tag you. <laughs> right. So, anyways, Zach, John, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue answering everybody's questions. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com.
Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. We're talking to Zach. We were talking to John, but John is MIA. You know, he kind of went out and he's in the either in the little girl's room or having a cigarette or something. So we can kind of sit here and make fun of him, Zach. I think Janie's beating him after all the stuff. You I think Janie's beating earlier. him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what? Look, commercial? dude, that left eye looks a little shut. Look, that looks a little red, right? Did she pull a Will Smith on you? Yeah, she beat my ass right now. <laughs> He went up to talk to her in the break and she just went, smack, get out of here. Don't you mention me on the podcast. <laughs> How long ago did the commercial stop? I usually have It was the same. Ten minutes I do. I do have some great news that I want to talk about, John, which you are not privy to or privy to or however you say okay. it because I'm excited. But should I should we tell him, Zach? Tell him. Or should we wait till Look after the my gray hairs? Holy shit, man. <laughs> so ready? So John, you ready for the good news? Bring it. Here we go. Listen to the drum roll. We want to welcome our newest sponsor to the Pool Nation podcast, Aquastar Pool Products. Ooh. Oh, fantastic. So, hey, look, dude, that is awesome, dude. And not because they're a sponsor, but just because they're just really great people. We had the opportunity to meet the team, Jamie and Todd. And they were, I mean, just talk about some really cool people that really give a shit about what they do. And the passion and the knowledge is just, it, it, you know, it, it gives me hope, you know, to see that, you know, that we have other people out there, not just pool service guys, girls and builders and, and people that are working in the industry, but you know, the manufacturers to just to see that type of love and passion is really, it's refreshing. So that's awesome to have them on the team. So we're super excited. It's a big shout out to Jamie, Todd, Mandy, big shout out to all you guys out there. And yes, John, I agree. And so that's one of the things, obviously, when we're looking at sponsors, you know, we always look for those people that are going to be able to partner that are passionate about it, that, you know, believe in their products, that they believe in the education and there's some great stuff that we'll be able to put out with them when it comes to education. And so I am super excited that they are joining. So I just got the message from Jamie. So Jamie, thank you so much. Big shout out. Welcome to the Pool Nation family. We're super excited. John, you okay now? You shook it off? You, you shook off that slap? You're good to go? I'm good. You're good. I got okay. my bearings. It's role, play. bearings. it's role play Friday and we get physical on Friday. <laughs> Ah, she pulled the Will Smith. So she did pull the Will Smith on you then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what she did? Come on. But I asked it. her to, though. Oh, you asked her to? Yeah. Too in much. that case, it's all good. Too much? We have it here on audio and video. So in case, Janie, in case he calls the cops on you, we have it here recorded. Just Too let much. me know. I'll send you yeah. I'll send you the link. So yeah. anyways. Wow. 
how, play the how did you know i'm dressing up as a police officer tonight man we're crashing and burning today real quick with everything that between brian over here and john and we're just this plane is coming down quick so let, let me see if i can save this zach. zach if you guys yes please if you're listening to this podcast afterwards go to the go f- to facebook and watch zach because like his whole face top eye oh, area God. is just pitch red pitch red janie over here is saying oh my god i missed that what did he say i'm in a bad area uh janie you know what i'm gonna ask a question and then i will type that in the chat for you so everybody can see it on the chat too so all right i have to drop two customers they are difficult pools and i spend way too much time at them every week to be honest i quoted them kind of too low for how much work they are can you guys tell me the best way to approach the customer and drop them Okay. When we run into this type of situation, we know we have to have that conversation with the customer. But before we do that, we want to make sure that we have some solutions in place that we can offer the customer. And so some of the things that we would want to figure out is what we really need to be charging them. So with the amount of work required, what is the the rate that we need to be charging to accommodate that? And we want to have that ready. And if there's an opportunity for two visits a week, then maybe we have that kind of lined up. And then we would look at anything else that could be done on our end to lessen the workload. Is their cleaner not working and we haven't said anything about it? Or do they need a new cleaner? Or is their pump not running long enough? Or do we need to schedule more frequent filter cleaning? So that'd be the second thing we'd look at. And then thirdly, is that even a word? The third thing we would look at, is there anything it works. we can... It is a word in Edgar's English language, right? Thirdly... <laughs> Like, why am I getting thrown under the bus? I'm minding my own business over here. Damn. Sorry. Wow. So the third thing we would look at. God, I don't think you're an entrepreneur at all, dude. (laughs) Take that. Is there anything that we can kind of discuss with the customer that maybe they don't know, but they need to be out there emptying the baskets in between visits or emptying the cleaner or just picking up their pole and net and netting some stuff out? And that's always a more difficult conversation to have after you've started service for a while. So that's something, and John, I think you were talking about this in length the other night, but kind of having that conversation about the relationship from the start. And then the last thing we would line up is a referral. And so find someone that we know that maybe they're more equipped. No, not always. Sure. Call this dude. (laughs) Perfect. He said, not always. He didn't say no. He said, not always. (laughs) <laughs> I have a couple of referrals, right? Nice. Depending on how the conversation nice. goes. Nice. Um, wow. So once you have all that figured out, the goal would be to go into the conversation confidently and prepared with all those different solutions. And then depending on how that conversation goes, you have a solution ready for them. John, what about you? How would you have that conversation? I did. You know, We talked about it on Instagram Live and it was. I think I spent 30 minutes talking about it. And I'm not going to get in that into if you guys. Check I think out, you should. I think you should because you hit on some really good points that day. Throwing a plug to the Instagram Live. So go, go to log on to Instagram and go to the Instagram Live last Wednesday and listen to the question and the answer that I gave. And see, it's cross promoting, right? It's a new thing, right? We got to cross promote Instagram. We got to pr- gotcha. Yeah, that's no, true. Look. We've all been in that situation, right? And anybody who says they haven't either, they haven't been doing it long enough or they just haven't realized the mistake that they made yet, 
we've personally done it uh, multiple times, especially at the beginning of our journey. And it's a tough conversation to have. And it's a tough decision to make, especially if you're in the midst of growing your company and your goal is to gain more accounts so that you can, because everybody has a threshold, right? Especially if you're starting out and you need X amount of accounts at X amount of dollars in order to be able to pay your bills and to, to live comfortably and do what you need to do. And you strive to get to that goal as soon as possible. And sometimes, or a lot of times, you make mistakes on the way by picking up accounts that you shouldn't be picking up. And what I mean about not, you shouldn't be picking up, it's accounts like this, right? Where you underquoted them or they're way out of your way. Or when you really get down to the nitty gritty and understand your numbers and you look at it and say, hey, look, I'm actually losing money doing this account. Or when I take into consideration the time that it takes to service this account, we're just breaking even. I would personally, before you make any decision, you need to understand your numbers. And Edgar talks about this like a broken record constantly, know your numbers. And I would sit down and I would look at it and say, hey, look, why do you think this account is underquoted or underpriced? And is it because the time it takes, how what the distance is? You have to just figure out what the reason why you believe that account is underpriced. And before you make your decision too, you need to see whether or not that account is viable and if it's worth saving. And when we take that into account before we make that decision is the relationship we have with the client. Cause I think that is very important and what type of client they are. If they're a pain in the ass client, is it even worth saving? Right. You usually can't change anybody and really no dollar amount is really going to make it worth you doing. So assuming that they're good people, assuming that it's not out of your service area. Okay. And it's within that area. And Assuming that the reason why you're dropping it is just because instead of a 15 minute pool, this is a 45 minute pool or 30 minute pool because it's just a pain in the ass because of leaves or because of debris or because of, you know, the bather load or whatever. And if that's the problem, then just like Zach said, and what I talked about on the Instagram live is you need to come up, you got to be professional about it. And you got to come up with a figure because, you know, I don't care how bad a pool is. If you pay me enough, man, I'll do a dancing if you want me to, right? I will dance to music and I will break dance. I'll do whatever you need me to do if you pay me well enough. So there's always a dollar amount that makes it work. And you just have to figure out what's important. And if you understand what value you expect to get or profit you expect to get from every client or from every account and you understand those numbers, if you can bring that account up to that same level or a little bit higher, then you need to figure out what that figure is and give them that option and say, hey, look, well, you know, we misquoted or there were some things or some circumstances that weren't aware to us at the beginning that we weren't aware of that we found over time da, 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 that have now caused your pool in order for us to take care of it properly. You know, we have to spend a lot more time here per visit than we accounted for. We understand that's not your fault, Mr. Customer, but in order for us to continue to service the pool, we would have to raise our rate. Our rate would have to be this in order for us to continue to service your pool. Most of the time, believe it or not, when you're in that position, you're going to find that the clients, if you have that relationship with them, they're good people, they're going to get it. And believe it or not, they're going to be willing to pay for it. And the reason why I'm saying that is you're not the first pool guy that quit on them. If you think that account's a pain in the ass and it's not worth your time, trust me, there was probably three, four, five, six, seven other pool companies before that didn't give nearly as much of a shit as you did because 
we know you give a shit because you're in that position now and you're actually thinking about it and just saying, screw it, I'm not showing up anymore, right? You actually are torn between what to do. So that makes me believe that you give a shit. So you have that mentality already. And I think if you price it correctly, they're going to be able to, they're going to be like, hey, okay, well, I'm willing or I understand I'm willing to pay that extra amount. But don't just stop there. You need to find out what, and Zach touched on this a little bit, you need to find out what you can do to help make that pool easier for you during the week. And it's not that, okay, they're paying me more to put more physical labor into this pool to maintain it, right? Or to accommodate the extra chemicals that I'm going to need for it. But hey, does that pool have a pool sweep and make it mandatory? We need to get a pool sweep in here or a cleaner in here. Does it have a skimmer? You know, get one of the aerials or the robot solar skimmers, throw that in the pool, right? Is their filter big enough? If it's a 30,000 gallon pool and they have a single cartridge filter, go, hey, look, this ain't going to work. You know, we need to get you a bigger size filter. You know, is it a small little half horsepower pump and you're just not getting enough flow and it's not skimming well enough, right? Okay, well, we need to upgrade you and get you a better pump. If it's because it's heavily used, hey, I can't keep dumping chems into this pool. It, that's where a lot of the cost is. Well, we need to upgrade. Let's get you a salt system. So that'll help offset some of the costs of chems that you're going to use. UV ozone, all those things come into play and you need to come up with the package and say, Hey, and present to them and go, I'm more than willing to continue to service this pool if they're worth it. Like I said, right. And it's not for the reason that they're just 30 miles out of the way or that, you know, and if they're a crappy person and they pay late and they're just a pain in the ass to deal with, if they're a good client, then you present them with the package and you might be pleasantly surprised that they're going to say, okay, John, okay, Edgar, okay, Zach. I understand. I respect that. Let's go ahead and do it because they're tired of going through pool people and they're tired of their pool looking like shit. Those types of things, you'll be pleasantly surprised that you'll have a chance to save them and not only save them, but now it's going to turn into an account that's actually one of your better accounts because you have all these gadgets in there that'll help keep it clean. And then now you're saving more money because you're not using as many chems because now they upgraded to salt system and UV and ozone or whatever. And they have a clear understanding of how tough it is and you're being compensated more for it. So Make sense? It's not as long as my other answer, but I think... That's perfect. And so first response over here is saying, always give a solution. And I think that's important. And this is one of my favorite questions because I totally relate to being in that spot. And especially if you're new and you're having to do it for the first time, how do you approach it? How do you talk to somebody? So when I got this question, I was kind of excited because it's like, I remember going back to those days of like, how am I going to have that conversation? And you know, it's part of confrontation because we feel that we have to confront the customer and talk about it. But one thing that you need to realize is not all confrontation has to be bad, right? Like, you know that you have to address it, but like John is saying, address those points. And like first response is saying is always give them a solution. And then they have the choice. Then it's on them. It's not on you about having to drop them. It's about them deciding whether they want to keep your service or not. And then you're, you don't feel bad that you have to drop the pool. I want to take a minute and kind of come back over here because Shannon came on, Shannon Sellers, and she's always joining us on Friday. So big shout out to you, Shannon. And so of course I'm like, Hey, Shannon, how are you? How you doing? And she said, not good. I just got fired. Are you hiring? And I felt bad. No. So I'm like, Oh no, sorry to hear that. And she's like, April ah, fools. April fools. Oh. <laughs> but you know what? I totally fell for it. And I'm like, 
like, what do you respond now that you've opened that can of worms? Like, what, do you say something? Do you nod? Do you type something? So Shannon, just to give you a heads up, you're the first one that has got me today. I'm sure I'm going to fall a couple more times. And you know what? I wonder if Jamie from Aquastar said, hey, we're going to do the sponsorship. Now she pulls out and she goes, hey, April Fools. Oh, that would be a good one. That would definitely be a good one. Anyways, the other thing is John was talking about, you know, he would dance in the backyard and he would do whatever it took to, to keep the pool if they're willing to pay and stuff like that. So I did message Janie and I said, does John know how to dance? Because he doesn't look like a guy that knows no, how to no, dance. Look, and she's like, back. he does, she says, he does know how to dance. Do you know how to dance, John? Hell no, I don't know how to dance. No, you don't I, know I how don't to know. dance? I, I think I do. I can slow dance. Well, not slow dance, but like if you dance, you, about, you like, have rhythm or do you? Like yeah, I got rhythm, baby. You got, got rhythm? rhythm? I got yeah? rhythm. Yeah. I think we're going to need some of that video to be able to prove whether that's true or not. At Next Pool Nation Awards, people, we're going to have John do a little dance on stage for us. So stay tuned. John, this one's for you. What is the difference between soda ash and baking soda? When I look at soda ash, you know, when I first started, I used it and I didn't know very well. We don't use soda ash. Only time I use soda ash, period, is if we're doing an acid wash and I need to neutralize the acid in the basin. I would stay away from soda ash. I think it's just a pain in the butt. And the reason why is, and well, first let me answer the, the question, the difference is that you use sodium uh, bicarbonate or bicarb, it'll raise only alkalinity and have very little effect on pH, hardly any effect on pH. You add soda ash into a pool, you will not only increase pH, but you'll also increase alkalinity. A soda ash will affect both, where bicarb will only affect your alkalinity. And you create a recipe for disaster when you add a lot of soda ash into a pool. And there needs to be a good reason why you need to do it because as we all know, and what we've talked about, you don't need to artificially raise pH. You don't need to really add a chemical or anything in the pool to raise pH. You can allow it to raise naturally, especially, and if you need to speed up the process, you can aerate the pool through water features, a pump, turning on the jets in the spa and your pH will raise up significantly without affecting alkalinity. We know alkalinity is a beast, especially if you have high alkalinity in a pool, it's hard to bring it down. It's going to cost you a lot of money and a lot of acid to be able to drop that down. And you're going to be playing these games again. So that's the difference between the two. Stick with bicarb. You shouldn't have to use soda ash. It's good to have in case of an emergency, I guess, but stick with bicarb. Soda ash sucks too when you add into the pool. Guarantee it will cloud your pool no matter what. Because now, not only is it a high pH item, but you're also adding a lot of alkalinity. If you increase alkalinity dramatically in a small portion of the pool and you increase pH dramatically in a small portion of the pool, what happens? Your LSI becomes extremely positive and it starts to, it's a scale factor and then you'll get fallout. So you'll have calcium fallout in, at a solution and it creates a mess. So. Great. Next question. What should a pool company do to not get hit so hard with taxes at the end of the year? Zach, I'm going to let you jump first. Well, tax questions are always difficult to answer because of all the different rules and regulations and requirements and go fight a good CPA and consult with them on tax strategy. But kind of in a more generalized manner, just make sure you're tracking all of your income and your expenses to the fullest and 
best that you can and separate all your personal expenses so you have a real clear idea of what's actually going on and then get with that CPA, talk about your upcoming needs. And there's some things like buying equipment or buying vehicles that can help lower your taxes at the end of the year. Again, that goes into that tax planning and tax strategy. So good to kind of consult on that. And then the last thing I'll say kind of in regard to not getting hit so hard is to save and prepare for it. It's going to happen. If you're running a profitable business and you're making money, like you're going to owe taxes and don't wait until you get that bill, you know, that tax time to figure out how you're going to pay for it. And in some cases, you're required to pay the quarterly estimated tax payments, which I think is a great thing because you just save and make those payments and then tax time comes and it's not such a hard hit. And I think that's probably one of the main things to lessen that blow. I'm going to agree with you 100%. And we've talked about it before, but you really have to have a great relationship with that CPA. And this is not one of those where you meet with them once a year just to submit your taxes and, and do all that. You really need to have a relationship with them. They need to know your business. They'll be able to understand your needs and they will be able to give you advice as to what it is that you need to do. And, you know, especially as you're growing, like you said, Zach, for that quarterly bill, you really should have a separate account set up that you transfer money into that account and that doesn't get touched. And then that way you can make that payment from there because it can be a scary thing when, you know, the IRS comes knocking on your door because you have this big, huge bill. So, you know, really have that relationship with that CPA and they're going to be able to help you with that through that process. I need a cue. I, I, I was just a, I was just about to say, Zach, I'm going to wait for about 30 seconds to see if John wants a cue. And then right off the bat, you saw him, I right? I need a cue. I need a cue. You always complain that I talk too much. So I'm trying to limit it. What he does to, to mama all the time. And mama told me is he, she normally says that he tells her that, tell me that I look good. Tell me I'm sexy. Tell me oh, I'm good looking. So. I never say that. <laughs> I know I'm sexy. Oh, I got to uh, John. I know I'm sexy. I, I got to throw that over to you because Zach is making fun of me over here because I can't pronounce a word or something like that. So the, the bus word. is coming. The bus is coming for you, Zach. The bus is coming for you. And guess who's driving it? John's going to be driving it, baby. So what are your thoughts on this question, John? Another great question. We talked about it on Instagram live, listen to it. I'll shorten up my answer on this one because it's a touchy subject and I am not, I understand pools. I understand chemistry. I understand our industry and what I'm working in. I can share my experiences. I am by no means a tax person, okay, or understand it. But what I do respect and I understand is that there are professionals that you can hire that will take that burden off of you. And I would suggest just like with any other company or any other, and it's, that's not always the most expensive, but Hey, look, cheap ain't good and good ain't cheap. Right? So you need to find a reputable accountant or tax firm who will probably cost a good amount of money more than what you're usually used to paying. Stay away from the franchise type tax places and find a firm a good quality, just like you would be, you know, looking for a pool service company, good quality pool service company, same thing. And be prepared to pay. We pay a good amount of money for them to handle it, but we get a lot more money on the back end because they have a lot more knowledge for the tax code than I would know. 
So don't short yourself out. Go find yourself a good accountant and let them handle it and have your meetings with them. And like, like Edgar was saying, you know, prepare for it. Don't get caught with your pants down. You should have a pretty good idea of what you paid last year. And you can expect that you're probably going to pay at least that much this year. And you should have a tax bracket and what your percentage is. And if you make X amount more profit in the year, if you're watching your numbers, then you have an understanding of, hey, if my profit's X amount, then I pay this much. So if I pay that much, I can add that much. This is what I need to do. So you can prepare yourself for it. And then hopefully you guys will be in a good position come tax time and you won't be stressed out and worried. And the other thing you can do is just have a lot of children. Go <laughs> have a lot of children. Uh, a lot of children. So that John, I love you, of, brother. That's of, tax um, strategy um, right there. Exemptions. It is tax yeah. strategy. I have a lot tax of children. You got my buddy out there in Arizona, big family pools, eight kids. Does Does Dean really have eight, eight kids? kids? Eight kids. That's money right there, baby. <laughs> wow. That's pretty That's good. He's, he's no dummy. He's smart, how, dude. How, he knows how old up. are his kids? Do you know how old they are? They're, they range all the way. Uh-huh. Uh, all uh-huh. the way. They range. And uh-huh. I, I don't. I think he, he wants another eight more. All the same wife? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because my dad had nine, but he, man, I, I, he was like all over the place. I, well, I, they used to call him Rico Suave, right? <laughs> Right. He was he was a Rico Suave, right. so but it, you know what the problem is he had too many with too many different women, so it's, it's yeah. just like well, he that was all then over becomes the place. a burden because now you got to support not only child support now you got to pay alimonies and or different things and then that becomes a tax burden, right? That that his tax advisor didn't give him advice on that one. No, <laughs> he told him to have a lot of kids, but not yeah, right. keep it all in house. Yeah, keep it all in house. <laughs> Oh, that's what happens when you get a cheap exactly. CPA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look, he turned Zach drops the camera. Zach's losing his shit right now. Oh, man. If my dad hears me, he's going to kill me. Sorry about that, dad. <laughs> I have a lot of children. Uh, all right. Next question. I have a pool with 140 ppm of CYA and the customer does not want to empty it. Can John and Zach mention how they would handle the conversation with the customers Maybe a little bit more of like role play. I think they want to hear kind of how you would have that conversation with that customer. Well, it is role play <laughs> Friday, right? Right, it is role play. <laughs> I'm going to refer to, please listen to our Instagram live last Wednesday. I went through a very in-depth ex- explanation answering that question. I know I'm driving Edgar crazy right now. Yes, cross promote. No, I mean, it was. You went into a lot of great info. I think for us, kind of the shortened version of what we do is you just try to educate them on the matter. And if they're not open to any, again, we provide multiple solutions to it. And if they're not open to any of those solutions, then maybe it's time to let them know that we're not going to be able to service their pool anymore and move on and then fill that spot with someone who, you know, maybe it's our fault. Maybe we didn't set that expectation three years ago when we started service and they're just not willing to budge. Well, okay, we're going to fill that spot with someone and we're going to set that expectation right this time and then move on. I'm going to summarize it nice and quick. Providing a service to a company, right? They're hiring you for a service and the job that you're there. And hopefully this is how you're explaining it. This is how we do. My number one priority is water management when I'm in the backyard, right? You can hire anybody to rake a leaf or to vacuum a pool. I mean, literally anybody. You can pay your kid allowance to figure out how to vacuum a pool and to net a pool or empty out baskets. That is not difficult for anybody. I'm sorry. Unfortunately, there's a misconception out there that 
pool service companies or, the, or your service technician, that's what their job is. And they don't have that understanding or they just don't know how important the other things that are involved in properly taking care of a pool or a body of water. So that conversation needs to be had and you need to establish that role so they understand that's what you're paying for. That's what you're paying me for. Part of being able to manage that water, right, is water chemistry and having a high CYA, whether it's 150, 140, 200, 300, whatever it is, that water starts to become very unmanageable or much harder to take care of and makes your job a lot harder. And unfortunately, being that's one of the chemicals or one of the things inside a pool that you can't really filter out or you can't really lose, especially where we're at because we don't get a lot of dilution, our only way of getting rid of CYA in the pool is to drain or dilute. I know, and I've said this before, I know there's products out on the market like Bioactive that will help reduce CYA. I've tried it. I've had hit or miss as far as like getting it to really work. I've had it kind of weird where I've had it reduce it and then come back like three, four weeks later and it's higher again. I don't know. Maybe I'm not doing it properly. I know that it's a process. So let's just forget about that because I don't want anybody to say, oh, you can do this. You can do that. To the customer, you're going to say, hey, look, the only way I can get rid of it is diluting it. And that's what you're hiring me to do. And now I'm telling you, hey, this is what we need to do. And it should not be presented as an option. It's not an option of whether you can't, hey, can I drain your pool or not? No, this is what needs to be done in order for us to service and take care of your pool. I'm not a magician. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not that big of a deal. And you give them, say, hey, guys, this is what we need to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And then explain to them the importance of it and why you need to do it. We like to use the bathtub mentality or, or the analogy. You know, when you take a bath, do you, how many times do you, do you drain the water after you're done or do you get back in it the next day? No. Well, think of the pool as a big bathtub, but instead of just having bath water, we've added filtration. We've added some chemicals to help filter it and, and to preserve and keep that water, recycle and reuse that water for as long as possible. But eventually it builds up a point to where we need to drain it. And you have to open up that plug and start with some new water. And they tend to understand that too. And that kind of gives them an aha moment. Oh, I didn't really think about it that way. And then the other thing is figure out what the cost is to drain the pool. Our water's cheap where we're at. And for like a 10,000 gallon pool, it's literally like less than $50 for them to fill it up or 40 bucks for them to fill up the pool. Get your water bill, find out what the cost is per gallon at what tiers or what level, and then do calculations and say, Hey, look, you know, just so you know, it's going to be probably less than $100 to change out your water. Customers, they've probably never been told it before. And they look at this huge body of water and they think, oh my God, if I have to drain this, it's going to cost me thousands of dollars to refill it. And when in the reality, it's not, that's not the case. So again, it just falls under just, they just don't know. K-N-O-W, they don't know. And it's our job to help them know, not necessarily a no, I don't want to drain it. So once you get to that portion, you tell them you present them with the opportunity, I think they're going to respect it nine out of 10 times. And if they still don't want to do it, then get rid of them. That's not a pool that you want. If they're not going to want to do that, they're not going to want to fix the leaking pump. They're not going to want to fix the suction side leak. They're not going to want to change out their filters. They're going to bitch and complain about every time you have to clean them or anything that you have to do. So those are types of customers that you just don't want. So present them with the opportunity or what, what, not the opportunity, but what needs to happen. And if they choose not to, then say, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to service your pool anymore because it's unmanageable, period. Great point. Edgar, you and John talked about the branding class that you guys did. Can you talk about that? And are you doing a class on that? 
So John and I did a strategic branding class at the Western Pool and Spa Show, and we talk about a little bit of the difference between just regular branding and what people think that branding is, and that is that most of the time people think that branding is just a logo. And there's really a strategy behind branding, and really what it boils down to is it is the strategy that you put in place for your company to be able to be perceived in the way that you want it to. In other words, the story that's going to be told about your company. So, you know, that's kind of the strategic branding part of it is really kind of shaping the message that you want to have people say about your business. And there's a way to figure out what your strategic message needs to be. That's what we did at the show. We've been talking about setting up a class to do an online class because we got a lot of people talking about it. So, we will let you guys know in that we'll probably try to set something up. John, maybe we could do a Zoom class on the strategic branding for those that weren't able to go to the show. Zach, John, let's do this. Let's take our final word from our sponsors. When we come back, I want to get your thoughts on this roller coaster, on this plane ride that this podcast has been today, yes. on this just this crazy podcast that's been going on. So we'll be right back. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking to Zach. We are on this crazy ride with John today. He's got us going on this roller coaster all over the place. He's got that plane going up and down, flipped over. And so it's been a crazy ride here today, John. Thanks to you. Yeah, you're welcome. Told you. <laughs> we, we appreciate that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mixing it up a little bit. It's a comedy show. 
It, it, part comedy show, right? Yeah. So trust me, we hey. need it. You know, especially those of us that are out there working, grinding, right, and in, in the heat, getting their butts kicked, right. It's good to have a little laugh here and there. Absolutely, that's the part that I look forward to every Friday on the podcast, guys. So, Zach, let me get your final I have thoughts. No final thoughts today. You you have no final thoughts I'm emotionally today. Emotionally wrecked after this ride with you guys. <laughs> Scarred. We're just My scarred. Face hurts. I'm crying. <laughs> no, but all good stuff. Once again, some of it's a little difficult, like the taxes. I think you know you need to seek that professional help. But I don't know. I am to seek professional help. I like it. <laughs> seek professional help. Are you talking to me subliminally, Talk- right, me, John? <laughs> I think he's telling you to seek help. I think he's telling you nicely. Seek he help, started, John. Seek help. He started to go, and then I just checked out. <laughs> seek professional help. John. Yeah, I'm unsavable, You bro. need professional help. Yeah. I'm unsavable. John, final thoughts? You either love me or you hate me. There's no in-between. Nothing right? but love. All right. There you go. See? So, no, I thought it was a great podcast and the questions are, were awesome. I wish we could have gotten through more of them. I know we have a laundry list of other ones that we, we have yet to get to. And I just look for, I, I'm going to be blunt. These are my favorite types of podcasts because we're talking about real questions from real pros out there that need help and just need somebody they can, you know, an unbiased opinion of just purely trying to help them out. And that's what we're doing here. This is real life experience and what we've been through and what we've done and what's worked, what hasn't worked. And we wish you only the best. I truly believe wholeheartedly that everything we're saying here is trying to guide everybody into the right direction, right? And you don't have to worry about this person. Because the sad thing about this industry, especially when I first started, was that everybody looked at each other like competition and it irritated the shit out of me and nobody wanted to help anybody. And I've said this a thousand times. And why do I do, you know, why do you do this job? Why do you get on here? Why do you talk? Or why do you say all these things? Or why do you tell them all your secrets or all the things that have worked for you? And how does that work? And, And I look at these people with like, just like, like, are you kidding me, bro? You know, it's just like, you still, you don't get it. Look, we need to better each other and better this industry. I'm in this industry and I want it to see, I want it to succeed. I'm not afraid that because you're going to do better that I'm going to fail now, right? That no, I, it just means that I'm going to be a part of a just a more prestigious, a, a more respected industry. And now I'm going to be able to capitalize on it and do better myself. No hidden secret. And when we hear these questions, instead of all the other, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, I almost put my foot in my mouth there, but you know, some of the other podcasts that we do are great, you know, but this is the meats and, but this is the shit that really motivates me. And this is what I really like to talk about. I, you know, the real life questions were, and I think it was one of the coolest things we did was having that little buttoned up top Edgar, where people can sit and go, Hey, look, this is real life shit. This is what's what I'm going through right now, guys. Can you help me? Or what would you do in this situation? And this is how we we get the word out to everybody, right? And this is how we get everybody to maybe think a little different, to have different opinions and different perspectives on certain situations. Now, does that mean that everything we're talking about or everything, our answers are going to fit you perfectly? No, but it helped give you a little bit of guidance so that 
hopefully you do make the right decision and it turns into a positive move for you and your company and, and that you grow and become better because of it. So again, I, I love this and I look forward to doing many more of them. So everybody that's listening, make sure you go onto our website. Please ask any, I know you have questions, please ask them. You don't have to say who you are or whatever. You can be completely anonymous and I will be more than willing. And I know Zach and Edgar will too. We will answer your question so that hopefully we can help you. That's it. I got to go work. I love these podcasts too. And I get excited. A lot of it, John, is somebody throws a question and I'm like, oh man, I remember being there. I remember being in those shoes and trying to find the help. And so when we get those questions, I get excited. And our thought was like, hey, let's put that submit questions right there. And then all of a sudden we put it there and all of a sudden it's just kind of starting to take off and take off and a lot more people kind of asking. And not only are they asking like, just one question here, one question there. They're coming up with questions that would be a, you know, a whole topic. So I love that. I do want to come back over here because today, yes, I've been looking all over the place, John, and these messages today have been going. So Jeanette Horn, if he wasn't sleeping on the couch before, he is now. And that's when you just made that last comment. Uh, thanks, Jeanette. <laughs> Maria, thanks, Edgar, John, and Zach. You make our day. Janie, 100%. Have a wonderful weekend, you all. First response, agreed. And I have, I agree with you. Your podcast is really helpful for me. So big shout out to you. And then one pool guy is going, I'm just here for the Speedo. See? So big shout out all. to all you guys. Look, man, we love doing the podcast, but the thing that we love the most is is having a good time at it and just kind of being able to connect with you guys and crack a joke. I know I say it all the time, but you know, your guys' support for us, that really means a lot to us. And that's really what kind of keeps us motivated. And every time we get one, we're always sharing it. We always kind of get pumped. So big shout out to all you guys out there. Thank you for your support because without you, we wouldn't be able to do it either. So anyways, everybody out there, I hope that everybody has a great weekend. Zach, John, we will be live next on Wednesday with our Instagram live. And we'll see you then. Guys, have a great weekend. See you guys. See you. Role play Bye. Friday. Role play Friday. Role play Friday. <laughs> <laughs>